released in here today. Amen? So you first John chapter five. You look in your real Bible, your tablet, your phone, all those places. First John chapter five and verse four. Are you there? Yes. All right. Who who's on the way? All right, you got three seconds to get there. If you're not already there, it's on the screen. Hallelujah. See, we make it convenient for you to get the word around here. Amen. Glory to God. So let's read it together. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world. What? Even our faith. Amen. And uh, as we've been sharing this word, we've been talking about the fact that uh, there is a victory that belongs to us. Amen. There are victories that belong to us. Amen? And, and, and there's a way to get victory to, to come into your life. And so we've been talking about our, that we all have experiences and something great and wonderful will happen and, it'll be, and we'll be all excited and we'll be praising God and we'll be rejoicing until about three days later. And then uh, we're, we're not so excited, we're not so exuberant, we're, we just kind of slide back into just being normal, being everyday, just being regular, you know. And when somebody asks us about that great promotion that you got on the job, you're like, yeah, I did get a promotion. Did you get a raise? Yeah, I got a raise. And, I'm, and the raise is really nice and, and all of that. And, and so you kind of, but you just even back into your normal life. Three months after th that blessing, uh, all the responsibility of the raise or the increase has come, and, and then you start sliding deeper back into your normal life, and, and somebody says, oh, how are you coming with your new job? And you'd be like, child, if I knew what was coming with this, I don't even know if I would have accepted promotion because, 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 you know, it's, I, it was some stuff I didn't know that I was going to have greater responsibility and I'm having to come in earlier and I'm having to leave a little bit later and I like to check and all that, but, uh, you know, this, this promotion thing is more than a notion. And so we, and so we get blessed sometimes and slip back into our normal life, our, our, our neutral life, like it was all good. Yeah, I was all excited when it happened, but now, you know, three months later, um, it was all it was all right. I still could use another raise, though. And and we talked about natural life and normal life, and we talked about the disciples of Jesus. How before when when Jesus before he came into their lives, they were living natural lives. They were living normal lives. Because why? That's all they knew. But when Jesus came, Jesus was not natural, and he was not normal. Because he didn't come to be natural, and he didn't come to be normal. And he didn't come into our lives for us to stay natural. He didn't come into our lives for us to stay neutral. He came into the world supernaturally, so that we could live supernaturally. He came into the world full of power so that we could be full of power. 
He demonstrated how to live in front of us so we could live like he lived. So that the same way he got victory, we can have victory in this life. Does anybody remember that? Does anybody remember hearing that? Amen. Amen. And so the disciples that Jesus called at the beginning of his ministry, they knew that a Messiah was coming because they were Jews. And they had been hearing it from the scriptures for hundreds of years. A Messiah is coming. And so they knew that. Um, but that got to the place where that didn't move them. Like, man, we've been hearing that for years. We ain't seen nothing. So, you know, we just, we just, we just going to be chill about this thing. We're just going to be natural men. We're just going to be normal people who go to work every day, take care of our family, we run our businesses, and, and we're going to be natural, and we're going to be normal people. And they believed uh, in a Savior coming, but they didn't know it was going to be Jesus. But Jesus came, right? Not normal, not natural. He lived a great faith life. What kind of life did Jesus live? A great faith life. Thank you for those two responses. What kind of life? Great faith life. Great faith life. And a strong relationship with God. That's the kind of life Jesus lived, right? And Jesus reached out to the 12 disciples supernaturally. How do we know he reached out to them supernaturally? We know it because you, if somebody says, come follow me, and you don't know them, you just walk off and start following them? No. 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 If somebody just come to you up on the street and say, follow me, you're looking at them like, you must be crazy. Mm -hmm. So something supernatural had to have taken place between each one of the disciples and Jesus. Yes. So that they would do what? Drop everything and follow him. Are you following what I'm saying? Amen. Ain't nobody sleep, right? Everybody's awake. Everybody's with me. So he reached out to them supernaturally so that something took place between him and them after they met. Because Jesus had one way of functioning, and they had another. So if they were functioning naturally neutral, and he, he was functioning supernaturally, he had to reach out to them in a way that they could receive him. When you reach out to people, you have to reach out to people in such a way that they can receive you. If you just walk in with somebody and say, come to church. Are they coming? No. No. So what does that mean? You have to have a way of connecting with people with the way Jesus did so that something supernatural can happen between you and that person. And then they'll be open to coming to church. Then they'll be open to opening their heart, not just to you, but to the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. So, so Jesus had one way of functioning. They had another. And their way of functioning was like regular people. Say regular people. Regular people. They had a regular people way of functioning. And what's the regular way of people to function? What's the regular way of people function? Uh, number one, selfish. Oh, you don't like that so much. Selfish. Me, 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 me. 
Me, 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 me. What's in it for me? What you gonna do for me? When's it gonna be my turn? When I'ma get my money? When I'ma get my house? When I'ma get my stuff? Me? That's what, that's what natural people do, right? Regular everyday people, amen? That's, that's how they function. How else do regular people function? Fearful, thank you. Regular people are fearful. I don't know what's gonna happen. You hear the news? Did you see the president? Did you see the senators? Did you see the governor? Did you see, did you hear what they said? I don't know, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, uh, I don't know. Now they they talking about my company, and, and and they say they might have to reorganize. And what's gonna happen to me? What's gonna happen to my job? What's gonna happen to my house? That's the way regular people operate, right? In fear, when they hear something going on on the job and it don't look right and don't sound right, people move into fear. Regular people move into doubt. Well, they said some people might, get, might, not, might not get laid off, but, but I'm probably going to be one of them. That's regular people. Well, well they said, you know, they said that uh, it might be a shortage, and I'll probably have to stand in line a long time. That's regular people. Fear, doubt, unbelief. Yeah, well, I know, I know what pastor said at church, but I don't know. I don't know about that God supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that. Because I, I ain't never had that happen for me. I heard it. Pastor say it happened for him, but, but I, don't, I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Giving it shall be given unto you. My job is threatened. I can't, I, I, I can't give. Because then what am I going to have? That's regular people. And Jesus was asking the disciples to come to a different way of living. Not the regular people way. Not with doubt and unbelief. Jesus' job was to cause them to make a shift and begin to live his way. And what was his way? His way was faith. Did Jesus come to the earth as royalty? Did Jesus come to the earth as royalty? No. Talk to me. Did Jesus come to the earth as royalty? Did he come to the earth as the son of God? He was the son of God. Did he function as the son of God? No. He functioned as the son of man. He lived as a man, as a living, breathing person. Did he call down angels in the old time? No. Did he say, y'all stay here, I'm going to heaven for the night, I'll be back tomorrow? No. Because it ain't comfortable down here on this ground, in the cave. Did he do that? No. He came here by faith. And so what he was, he was trying to teach the disciples, how to live by faith. They wanted to live by sight, because that's what they were used to, because they were regular people. Mm -hmm. Amen? But Jesus was trying to shift, say shift. Shift shift them to his way of life, which is by faith. He was trying to shift them to his way of life, which is by prayer and listening to God. He was trying to shift the disciples away from regular people functioning to a great faith and a strong relationship with God. He was trying to shift them from fear, doubt, and unbelief 
to a life of faith and confidence. Say confidence. confidence. Say confidence. confidence. A life of confidence in God. He was trying to shift them to a place where they had confidence in God's love. Say love. love. Ability. ability. Say ability. And say willingness. And willingness. They had to, he was trying to shift them to a place where they had confidence in God's love, God's ability, and his willingness to bless their lives, to manifest his promises. He was trying to shift them to that place. And, and in so doing, he ended up having a hard time with them 12. So he began to do signs and wonders and miracles, didn't he? And, and, and every time he did a sign, a wonder, or a miracle, these 12 people was rolling with him. Were they not? And, and so he began to do signs and wonders and miracles. And every time he would do someone, then they would marvel, say marvel. marvel. That means they would say, ooh, say ooh, wow. And that's what they would do every time they saw a miracle. And after each miracle, Jesus would teach them. He'd take them back uh, to, to his school of ministry and say, okay, you saw that. Uh, what, what did you get out of that? And they would say, ooh, wow, Jesus, you the man. So, he would, so then he, he would perform more miracles and more and more. And they would say, ooh, wow. And then he would say, okay, the next time we go out to minister, you're going to do signs and wonders and miracles for the benefit of the people. And they were saying, huh? What are you talking about, Jesus? And so then he would release them to do what he did. And they didn't get the same results as he did. And they went back to him and said, well, we, we tried to cast out the devil and we tried to feed the, the thousand and, and, and it didn't work. It didn't work. It didn't work. Was something, was something wrong with you, Jesus? Because that's, that's the way you told us to do it, and it didn't work. And then he had to say to them, well, the kind of devils you were dealing with yesterday, those kind go out by nothing but prayer and fasting. fasting. So what was their takeaway from that? They weren't praying, praying and they weren't fasting. fasting. And so he did this over and over and over and over and over to equip them so that when they got out ministering by themselves, they could do it like Jesus did. So every day he would demonstrate faith, right? And every day he would demonstrate a close relationship with God because when did he talk to God? On Sunday, right? When, on Sunday when Jesus talked to God, right? Huh? When did, he talk to when did he talk to God? All the time. And then he would demonstrate uh, by prayer. Right? How often did he do that on Sunday? All the time. And then he would demonstrate listening to God. When did he demonstrate that to them? He taught them about listening, and then he would demonstrate it. How often? All the time. 
And then, and then he would say something fantastically uh, crazy, like, you know, you can't see, go get some mud, put it on your face, and you're going to see. And they're looking at him like, are you serious right now? So, so when, he, when he told somebody that was blind, put some mud on your face and you're going to come see him, he had to do that because he did that with confidence. How could he do that with confidence? Hmm? Listening to his father, and he got to the place where he had confidence in God's love for him that he wasn't going to put him out there and drop him. Confident in God's ability to make it happen and God's willingness to make it happen. He was demonstrating that to the disciples so that they could become like him. So he kept doing it. And we talked about how many miracles Jesus did, and they never got it. How many did we say? 38, between 38, including his birth and his resurrection, like 40, at least like 40 miracles. How many of you have had a miracle in your life? Put your hand down. The disciples had between 38 and 40, and they still stayed natural and neutral. Have you stayed, remained natural and neutral? They, they would experience great things, and then they would slide back into neutral and wonder. Some of them were like, when, Je when Jesus was, was walking on the waters, they were like, ooh, wow, who is this guy? What manner of man is this? He was trying to make them be the manner of man that he was, but they just couldn't get over marveling. As soon as Jesus went off to pray, they were talking among themselves. Did you see what Jesus did? Yeah, man, I saw that. That was like amazing, right? How did he do that? I don't know. I see him pray all the time, and I, and I see he got a relationship with God, and, and I see that he got confidence. And, I, and when we out there, he looked like he'd be listening to somebody, when, and then he'd be saying wild things, like get up from the dead. But I don't, I don't know about that. As soon as Jesus went off, they would slide back into natural and neutral. And that's what we've done sometimes. Not one amen, but I'll say amen because I've done it. Amen. Glory to God. We've had the Lord do supernatural things in our lives and then slide back into natural and neutral. Amen. And all through those things, the Lord is trying to get us to grow our relationship with the Father. He's trying to help us get a better prayer life and a listening to God life. How, you don't never hear God speaking to you. You need to up your prayer life. If you say, well, I ain't never heard God say nothing. Well, well, well if, you, if that's where you are, uh, you can leave that place today and hear God speak. Because he's got different ways, but you got to be listening. Because sometimes he's not speaking out loud like I'm speaking. Sometimes he's speaking through a shh, still small voice. Sometimes he's speaking to you through circumstance. Sometimes he's speaking to you 
through the preached word. Now, you, you, can't, you can't hear the preached word if you're not where the word is being preached on Sunday or Wednesday or when it's being preached. If you laid up somewhere like, it's not my only day, so I can't go today. Did you miss hearing God's voice? He's trying to, to, to speak to us and bring us to his level so that we have the same confidence in God's love and his willingness and his ability to do whatever we ask him to do. Amen? He's trying to change them from natural and neutral to supernatural by his example of faith. By his what? By his example of faith. Each victory that you experience God is using it to build one upon another to develop victorious faith. Victorious. Say victorious faith. Victorious faith. Not just, not just saving faith, but victorious faith. Who had enough faith to get saved? Hallelujah. He had enough faith to get saved. Amen. How many of you know you're saved? How many of you know eternal life comes with salvation? How many of you know it belongs to you? Amen. Amen. Well, Jesus, Jesus had to get the disciples saved, and then after that, for them to do signs, wonders, and miracles, they needed more than just saving faith. And a lot of church people, all they have is saving faith. That's why they don't see signs, wonders, and miracles in their lives. He was trying to get them to have confident faith, victorious faith, so that whatever came against them, they would always win. Because the word says he always causes us to triumph in Christ. When does he cause us to triumph? Always. Victorious faith wins. All I do is win, win, win no matter what. I got Jesus on my mind. I can never get enough. That's what's supposed to be on your mind, not money. Jesus got your money. Trust and believe that. Yes, he does. Amen. He's got your job. Trust and believe that. He's trying to get you to the place where you trust and believe that, whether you see it or not. So he was trying to move, move the disciples from being high one minute when they see something and low when they don't see something. Faith is not what you see. Amen. He was trying to move them from being natural and neutral to Living the, victory. Living the victory. This is the victory. What is the victory? Wake up. What is the victory? Even our faith. Our, even our faith. That's the victory. So there will be battles between natural and neutral living and victorious faith living. Sometimes you want to function like a victorious faithful person, and sometimes you want to function like an unbeliever, full of doubt, fear, and unbelief. Amen. Because they're, they're battles. They're battles. Battle. Anybody ever had a battle? Yes. Anybody in one right now? Come on. So there will be battles. And your mind will try to be in charge. Mm -hmm. And it, your mind will start talking to you. Mm -hmm. How many can hear their mind talking to them? Mm -hmm. You're supposed to hear Jesus like you hear your mind. You're supposed to have a mind of Christ. If you have a mind of Christ, Christ's thoughts are going to come to your mind. 
But if you don't function by the mind of Christ, your thoughts are going to come to your mind. Oh, God, what am I going to do? What's going to happen? Oh, Lord, they're going to put me in the street. Oh, Lord, I ain't got enough money. Oh, God, they're going to turn off my life. Oh, God. That ain't the mind of Christ. That's the mind of you. That's the mind of me. The mind of Christ say something totally different. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I lack for no good thing. That's what the mind of Christ says. You need the mind of Christ. If that don't come to your mind, your mind needs some more renewal. Because that's what should be coming to your mind when, when your mind is challenged, when your life is challenged, when battles come against you. Because your mind will try to be in charge. And it's okay if it's the mind of Christ. When your mind starts running wild. Anybody have their mind run wild? I mean, just like, I mean, it's just going like a, it's fast. All kind of stuff is running through your mind. What's the, what's the mind of Christ? Casting down imaginations and every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God. That's where you're supposed to be living. What the doctor said, whatever and whatever. Later for what the doctor said. What did God say? By his stripes, I am healed. Well, they said there ain't no cure for that. It don't matter what they say. What did he say? That's the mind of Christ. If that's not coming to your mind, you ain't got enough word in your mind. Amen. So you're going to have to keep getting better and better at putting the word in your mind every day. What day? Every day. Every day. And begin to expect victory. Say expect. 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 Look at me. Look at me. Stop hoping for the victory. Stop hoping for the victory. The victory does not come by hope. Come by expectation because it's your right, it's your privilege, it's offered. It came with your salvation, it came with your relationship with Jesus. Stop hoping for the victory, start expecting the victory. Expecting, and you can expect the victory with no feeling. Your feelings can be going crazy, and you can still expect the victory. Your feelings can be all over the place. They can be up. They can be down. They can be going like this. You can be shaking like this and still expecting the victory. You can be shaking and quaking and still expect the victory. Because your feelings do not rule you. You got to stop being ruled by what you feel, what it, what it feel like. And expect the victory. This is the victory, even our faith. You got faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, the victory belongs to you. And you ain't got to hope for it, you just got to expect it. You just got to expect it. Amen. And you, can, and you have to expect the victory, even if it takes a long time to show up. Did you hear what I said? You got to expect the victory, even if it takes a long time to show up. Some of you have been waiting for stuff a long time. Amen? Somebody said, I've been waiting all my life. My child grown, and they still acting crazy. I don't care if they're 75 years old. 
I don't care if they're 75 years old. My grandfather, uh, my grandmother used to pray for him every day. Every day of my life growing up in that household. He prayed for him every day. And every weekend he'd be drunk as a skunk and just outrageous, cussing her out, demanding she cook him food all weekend long. Take us to the grocery store. He all tow up, drunk, the car going all over everywhere. And she kept praying. And she kept believing, expecting the victory. Doing what? Expecting the victory. He would drive us to, on, on Saturday night. He'd start out saying, well, you ain't going to church tomorrow because Betsy ain't moving. That's what he called the car. Betsy ain't moving tomorrow morning. I ain't driving, no, driving y'all nowhere. She expecting the victory. Sunday morning come. Y'all get up. Get dressed. We're going to church. She go in there and she, uh, she fuss him. Get up. The children got to go to Sunday school. She's expecting the victory. He got up. Drove us to church. While we were in church, he went to the liquor house. Y'all know anything about a liquor house? That's where, that's where he went on Sunday morning, to the liquor house. I'm right down the street from the church, right? <laughs> and then he would come back when he thought church was over, park the car in front of the church door, slam his head hanging out the window in front of the, ch in front of the church door. Everybody coming, he hollering at everybody. Toe down. Toe down. Then driving us home, car going like this. He, at, the, at the light, he'd be like, his eyes be open and his eyes be closed. And she'd say, wake up! These children in this car. Expecting the victory. This went on for years and years and years and years and years. Amen. And so sometimes you got you to gotta expect the victory. I don't care what it looked like. Amen. And then one day uh, he got sick and was in the hospital and all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, uh, wouldn't, uh, oh, 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 I know what happened. He faked like he was going to get saved, right? So he faked salvation. You know anybody ever faked salvation? Fake salvation, and, and uh, he got baptized, and my grandma got all excited. She was so happy. She was so thrilled. Next Sunday, back to the liquor house. But she continued to expect. And then one day he got sick and stuff, and then my mother went to the hospital and witnessed to my grandfather, and he received Jesus. Because there was an ex expectation of the victory. A what? Expectation of the victory. You got to expect the victory. I don't care what it looks like because it belongs to you. Say it belongs to me. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to have the victory. But it don't come all, overnight all the time. Sometimes you're going to have to wait. Sometimes you're going to have to wait the way Jesus waited for the 12 disciples to get themselves right. You're going to have to wait in faith. You're going to have to keep growing your own relationship with God. You're going to have to Develop your prayer life and your listening life so you hear from God. And you're going to have to develop your own confidence in God's love for you, his ability to do whatever you need, and his willingness to make it happen. Amen? 
Amen. And that's how you get the victory. You remember that I said that those are the only ways that Jesus got the victory. That's everything Jesus used to get victory. That's everything Jesus used to get what? Victory. Get victory. He didn't say, okay, I'm tired of be playing this human game. Just let me do my God thing and make this thing happen and dump my eye and it'll be done. He never did that. He, he took those tools for victory, and that's all he used to get us saved. Amen. That's all he had. So that's all he had. That's all he had. That's all I have. That's all I have. And that's enough. And that's enough. So that's all he had. That's all he had. That's all I have. That's all I have. And it's enough. That's enough. If I use it. If I use it. The way. The way. He. He. Used it. Amen. 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 Some things take a long time. Amen. Some things that you're believing for take a long time. I say, I'm tired of waiting. Well, get over, take a nap and get up and keep waiting. Keep expecting. Amen. Keep expecting. Amen. The Lord said something to Pastor and I when we first came to, to North Carolina after he graduated from Duke. Amen. And after we pastored the Baptist church and all those things. And, 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 and he spoke some things, and he said, raise up Eagle Summit. And we thought raising up Eagle Summit was going to take, like, you know, a five-minute thing, you know. It, it'll be all right. Five years, it'll be, it'll be humming. <laughs> We'd be on cruise. <laughs> but it, that's not how it happened. That's not how it works. Some things take a long time. And when God is trying to do something great, and amazing, it takes a long time. Whatever, whatever you've been believing for and it hasn't manifested, God's working on it. Right. Amen? And, and, and God, uh, uh, he don't work by microwave. Amen? He created them radio waves that they use, but he didn't harness them for you to get instant everything. Amen? What he created was faith. Use it. It'll work. It ain't got to be plugged into the wall. <laughs> it don't need no electricity. It'll work. Well, some things take a long time. And so, establishing Eagle Summit Church is taking a long time. Amen? It's taking a long time, longer than we expected. Amen? But it's all good. But, 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 but we're committed to do what he said. And you got to be committed no matter how long it takes. That you're going to receive what the Lord promised. Amen? And so it's taking a process of time. Amen? And in that process of time, we've been holding on to our faith. Because we came to North Carolina by faith. Because I know nothing about North Carolina. When Pastor said he wanted to come here to go to school, I, was, I cried. Go to North Carolina. I don't know nobody in North Carolina. I ain't Southern. I'm from South Philly. But, <laughs> but that's a different world. That's a different world than, than, than Carolina, amen. Amen. But he said he heard by faith from God. So we came here on faith. On what? Faith. And when we stepped out on faith, then the Lord began to manifest. Some things not going to manifest until you take a step. Till you start stepping out on faith. 
So he took this step to apply to the school, and when he applied to the school, uh, they said, we got scholarship. And then the VA said, we'll take care of the rest. And so he got a master's degree at Duke Divinity School for free. By faith. And relationship with the Lord. And obedience to do what he says. Now, now you're going to have to be obedient. The Lord tell you something. Pay attention. When the Lord tell you something, you're going to have to pay attention. The Lord tell you something, you're going to have to obey what he says. So he was on faith and obedience because of a relationship with the Father. Amen. Things began to happen because of that. A prayer life of listening and responding. A prayer life of hearing and doing. A life of confidence in God's willingness, his obedience, I mean in his love and his ability to do what he said. And so that's how we got, got through school. And that's how we pastored the Baptist church. Amen? And that's how we served in another ministry for four years after that. And that's how Eagle Summit came into existence. Amen? And when the Lord called us to do this, he spoke some things. To who? Say that again, I heard it. He spoke some things to pastor. Did he speak some things to you about Eagle Summit Church? He told you to come here, right? That's about it. He told you to come here, amen, so that he could put something in you. Has something been put in you since you come here? Amen. Amen. But we still have expectation, amen, for greater and more. Because the Lord... What, what we have right now, what the, what the Lord is doing in here right now, it's not all he said. He said more. He said more. Amen? So the more happens not by one person. The more happens by all of us. Say all of us. All of us functioning by victory. All of us functioning by the lifestyle of victory. Amen? Amen. And so people have come and gotten better. Amen. And you're still here. And some people are not still here. Amen. Some, the Lord led them elsewhere. That's wonderful. Some, they just decided, I'm going elsewhere. The Lord ain't said nothing. They just walked off. Amen. Some of them just walked off. Amen. Why? Because this, this victory life teaching, say victory life, victory life teaching. teaching is uncommon. Isn't it? Did you hear this someplace else before you came here? No. It's uncommon. And it's constantly calling you to a higher place and a higher place and a higher place in God so that you start looking more and more like Jesus Christ. And some people get to the place where they, they look so different from who they look like when they came in here. They're like, I have arrived. See ya. Well, that's okay. That don't mean something wrong with us. Oh, that doesn't mean something wrong with us. Amen? Because we're still teaching what the Lord told us to teach. Amen? And we're going to continue to teach what the Lord told us to teach. Amen? Because it's the victory lifestyle, and it works. Amen? So we're not doing it just to have something to do. We're doing it because we want you to do something. God wants you to do something. He's waiting on you. Get up off of that thing. 
and do the greater works. Amen. 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 Because the victory lifestyle works. Hey, the victory lifestyle. The victory lifestyle. Say it works. It works. It works. It works. It works. It works. If it's not working for you, Amen. then you need to work it more. Mm -hmm. Amen. Take it in. Take it in. Make changes. Who needs to make changes? Who needs to make changes? All of us. Every last one. Every last one. Say every last one. Every last one of us needs to make changes. Amen. Amen. So that we can see the victory. This is the victory, even our faith. Amen? So you say, well, pastor's always telling us to do this and do that and do the other um, and come to church and, and pray and do all these things. And I'm tired of hearing that. I heard it before. I, I heard it. I know what he said. I heard it. There's more to, to it than hearing it. It's called being it. Because Jesus prepared his disciples not for themselves but so that they could take care of other people. Amen. Do what? Take care of other people. See other people saved, other people healed, other people delivered, other people set free. And what we found out after we came to North Carolina is that there, there's a spirit over this territory called selfish salvation. Selfish salvation. Selfish salvation and where we came from, it was it, we didn't we didn't know nothing about that. It was who else can I who else can I connect with? Who else can I tell about Jesus? Who else can I bring to church? Who else can I help get saved? Who else can I help get healed? Who else can I meet their need? Who needs food that I can take to them? Who needs money that I can help them? Who who else who else who else? That's where we came from. So when we came here and we saw this selfish salvation, we didn't understand it, which was I got mine. I'm saved, I ain't going to hell, good enough for me. And we were just amazed at that. We were just, are you serious right now? It's only about you? And so when we started challenging people to go outside of them, they were like, you know what, I feel led. I feel led, I'm going down the street. They ain't asking me to do nothing down the street. More, I can just go in and, and get out. You know, I can go in, I'll be there one hour, I get out, and then I tell the Lord, Lord, I went to church, Jesus. And they was good with that. And we was like, this is insane. We'd be running around all, all over Durham on Sunday night looking for where else can we go to get fresh word? Where else can we go? Who else can we minister to? Who else can we help? We started helping our neighbors. Then our neighbors would come to the house, and they'd be saying, uh, Pastor Jen, uh, 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 we, we going through this and we going through that. We be standing outside our apartment praying for people that we ain't even hardly know these people. Because salvation is not supposed to be selfish. It's supposed to be selfless. And when you walk in it, then blessings start to manifest for you. Amen? So, so that's the place the Lord's trying to get all of us to. And that's what he's trying to get you to. That's why we keep preaching the same word. Okay, because we see some selfish salvation up in here. All right. And the Lord's trying to say, change. Amen. Just like you told the disciples. They were like, yeah, Jesus, you go ahead and do those greater works, and, uh, and we're going we gonna to back you up, Jesus. We got your back, Jesus. 
till you go to the court. Then it'd be like, Jesus who? Jesus, Jesus who? I don't want nobody named Jesus. Why? Because it was going to cost them something. He, was, he stepped right up. Let me lay my life down for you. They stepped right back. Said, thanks a lot. Go ahead, Jesus. You the man. And as we see a lot of that, and the Lord said, preach against it. Preach victorious life. Preach, teach, faith life. Preach, teach, relationship with God. Strong relationship. Preach, teach, confidence in God. Because it works. Why? Because it works. And one day, he said, and one day, the selfishness will leave the house and selfless will take over. Selflessness will take over. And then the, the fullness of Christ will come in. And we won't have to beg nobody to invite people to church. We won't have to beg nobody to minister to other people. We don't have to beg nobody to care. We don't have to beg nobody to serve. We got people in here serving, two, doing two and three different different jobs because we got some people sitting here doing nothing. My daughter in her church in LA, she's on the praise team. There's so many people on the praise team that she only gets to sing once a month. Nobody on the praise team has to sing more than once a month. Because they have people willing, say willing, willing, willing to serve, willing to use their gifts. Amen. So other week she, she came, she talked to me at the church and she was complaining because she said I went to service and it wasn't my Sunday to sing, but sitting in with the praise team was Israel Houghton and I didn't get to sing with him and I'm upset. It was Israel, mama. Get to sing that Sunday because I wanted to serve. Amen. So some people wearing themselves out because some people have yet to rise up into serving. Amen. So so if you haven't risen up into serving, consider it so that the victory life you'll be living it. Amen. So the victorious life, the victorious life. of faith. Of We'll bring, we'll bring supernatural, supernatural results, results to, you. to you. Supernatural, supernatural results, results to me. To me. Confidence, Confidence in God, God. will bring, we'll bring supernatural, supernatural results, results to me. me. Isn't that right, Pastor? That's right. You got something to say about it, Pastor? Uh, that shot. You said it all. <laughs> Not quite. Tell the Lord, thank you. Oh, my God. Look at your neighbor and say, it's all right. It's all right. You're in the right place. At the right time. Confidence. Confidence. When I ministered on this, I, I, I used the scripture. I'm going to make sure I get it right. In, uh, in the Bible, Hebrews 10 and 35. Hebrews 10.35 says, cast not away, therefore, your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. In the Amplified, it says, do not, therefore, fling away your fearless confidence, 
for it carries a great and glorious compensation of reward. Say neighbor, whatever you do, whatever you do, do not cast away your confidence. And say confidence is learned. Tribulations, trials and tests, is where your confidence should expand, not decrease. But in this life, I will have trials. Say, say neighbor, that's more than one. I will have tribulations. And I've got to learn to be of good cheer. Now you notice how, as we're talking about this, a lot of folks don't want to hear this, but the truth that we're giving you is going to set you free. Because all of us need to keep growing in our confidence with God. When, 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 when there's nobody there, when there's nobody there, I said when there's nobody there, he's always there. And you got to be the people that know that. So that in tests and trials, when no, your, your, your homies, and they, they, you know God is there. I look to the hills from whence cometh my help, my help coming from the Lord. He made the heaven. Lord, how you doing today? Ain't nobody here but you and me. So let's, Lord, let's, ha let's have a get together. Amen. And say, neighbor, neighbor. Learn, his voice learn his voice and know your voice and know, your voice. And know, how, to and know how to disconnect your voice, your voice. from his voice. Hallelujah. So when I taught this lesson, one of the things I said is grow and develop your own personal relationship with the Lord with gratitude and obedience. Say gratitude, gratitude. And, obedience. and obedience. Learn to thank the Lord regardless of what you're walking through. In everything. 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 Give thanks. Now, now here's the punchline. Why, 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 why do I want to give thanks? Because the second thing that you need to know in confidence is God watches over your words. Your words, your words, your words. Now remember what I'm saying, that your words, your words, your words. You just can't let everything fly out your mouth in tests and trials. You got to guard, you got to make sure you're speaking his words. Speak his, say neighbor. Practice speaking his words only. When the doctor say you're going to die, say, no, I'm going to live and not die. When, when the devil say you ain't got no money, say, no, my God supplies all my need according to his. Oh, he ain't broke. He, riches in glory. And say, say, favor surrounds me everywhere I go and everything I do. All right. So your words have an impact. Amen. And the third thing I want to say to you is sometimes there will be resistance in the natural and spiritual realm to your confidence. Sometimes there are going to be some attacks that, that happen to happen. I don't care how good you is. I don't care how good you want to be. You still going to have some attacks that come after you. And the problem of the enemy and the trick of the enemy is to get you to beat up on your own self. When you know that you did, you did everything right. Say, say, neighbor. When you do things right, 
attack still comes. All right, example. Last Thursday night, no, last Thursday night, I met with my intercessors to have prayer and just to rehearse and all that. And one of the things we did, we talked about praying and believing God and protecting us and, and all that. So we had prayer. Then Friday morning, I had the, the privilege of taking my, my beautiful wife to the doctors. We went to the doctors. It was a, an appointment to go to the doctors. And I'm driving my automobile. And normally, you know, she'll go by herself. And the Holy Ghost said, no, you need to go with her. So I got in the car, and I'm, I'm up at 6 a.m. in the morning. We, the, the appointment was, what, at 8? It was at 8.30, but we wanted to get there in enough time. So we got in the car and, and, and drive in the car, and we get to the location. Amen. We get to the location. And we're just, you know, just being leisurely. And then um, I look for a parking space. And so I'm in the automobile, and I decide that I'm going to park over this way into the deck to, to park the car. So I, I, and there was only two cars on that side where I was, we was parking. So I, we go in, I said, well, I'm, I'm driving, just mind, just mind my business, and I'm driving into the, to the, into the parking space. And as I get into the parking space, I, I, I get right here to the parking space, and all of a sudden, the car acts like it's crazy. And any of y'all ever been on a, a, a roller coaster? And you're in the front seat? And then when they say go, and it drops? Well, for whatever reason, the car, when I pulled into the lot, into the parking space, the car took off. And you know, they have a little ridge there, and then there's a hill, and the car jumps, and it goes up, up to the hill, onto the hill, and lands on the hill by itself. Now, wait a minute. I'm thinking, something wrong with this car. We up at the top, and it stops because there's a row of trees. And then I put it in reverse because I'm gonna, I figured, you know, that it's gonna calm down. And so the moment I put it in reverse, it zooms down backwards and then starts doing this. It's, it's, and, and, and the car's going like this. The car's going like this. Now, mama's sitting with me. Out of her mouth, she's saying, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Not cuss, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Got it? Try, I'm stealing the car like this, and the car is going zoom, 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 zoom. I'm, I'm pushing my brakes, and, and the car light, and the car's still going. And then the car rams into a truck that's sitting stationary. That's the only thing that stopped the car. And then there was a quietness. Mama looked at me. I looked at her. I said, you all right? She said, yeah, I'm all right, I'm all right. And then we opened the door because the car 
had slammed into the back and the back of the car was under the truck. And so she gets out, I get out, and pictures upside down. But you can see the back of the car. It's in the back of a. It's under the truck. Under the truck. The entire back of the car was split off. It split like a sandwich. And here we are standing there looking at the car. Now, we find out that had we been driving forward, the front of the car would, went, that went under the truck, we should be dead because the back of our car is split in half. I said the car is split in half. Now watch where we go with this. Here we are. Now, as we're getting out the car, this angel comes walking slowly towards the car with the phone. Out of the parking deck. Who saw the whole thing. He saw it jump onto the hill, slide down, make the snake, and jam into the, to the truck. He's calling 911. We don't know him, we don't know him, we don't know him, but he's quietly calling 911. He's calling 911. We're standing there seeing this happen. He's dressed in white. He's dressed in white. He had on white pants and a white shirt. And his phone was white and blue. Don't know the man, don't know the he's man. He's looking all serene and peaceful. And he's calling 911. And in calling 911, he comes over and said, are you okay? And we're standing there, yeah, we okay. We all right. The airbags did not deploy. Airbags did not deploy. Then also we discovered that when he called 911, he just told them that there was an accident. And nobody's hurt. And because there was so much going on in that area, they didn't come right away. So we're standing there looking at our car destroyed for an hour and a half. Standing there looking at the car and realizing that had the car been reversed, we should be dead. We're standing there looking at the car. And the car went backwards into the truck at a high rate of speed. It could not control the car. It wouldn't break. It just kept going backwards, backwards until it hit the truck. And when it hit the truck, it was silent. We got out. So now, two, an hour and a half, we're standing there looking at our car, and eventually the police come. One police officer comes and wants to know, are we okay, and we're fine and all that. And 
then they connect with the two, two witnesses that saw it and they said, okay, this is exactly what happened. Then we get the understanding that they have to call the, the insurance company and all that and we have to have the person come and get the car. The record comes to get the car. And now we're wondering whether or not the car has damaged the truck. Good news. When they pulled the car out, glass everywhere, the truck was not damaged. The, I said the truck was not damaged. I said the truck was not damaged. It, it didn't even have the appearance of being hit. The truck driver got in the truck and tried it, all of it, move it, move it, move it, move it, move it. It functioned perfectly. It was a hydraulic truck. All the hydraulics worked. And all the hydraulics worked. I should be dead, folks. We should be in the hospital today. We should be, Lord. Huh? But God, but God, wait a minute, wait a minute, the, the car going to have to be demolished, it ain't the, the car, the car, the car, it ain't about the car, it's about my life, it's about my life, it's about your life. And then, wait a minute, I gotta go here. Because the people that were helping us, they weren't Afro-Americans. They were the other persuasion. And they were like angels. Tell them who else, the, 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 the director came out. The, the two of the men that work on the property, they came and they investigated, they, they saw the whole, they, they retraced the steps of everything that happened and they saw that the car had gone into the parking space and when it got there, it jumped over that, that brake thing and then it jumped a, a concrete wall and then it went up the hill to the tree line and stopped. And then Pastor put the car in reverse and then it jolted back down. Three of the tires blew out and the car is still moving. And he was steering the car so it wouldn't hit the cars who were parked on the other side of the deck behind us until he could back the car out into the open parking lot. And then the car is still moving backwards at a high rate of speed until it hit the truck. And so the, the, the men who, groundskeepers, that's who they were, they came out there and they saw it, and then they came and brought, then they started taking pictures. Then they turned on a video camera right. to take pictures. The then the, the, the property manager lady who, yeah. uh, who run the whole building, Duke has all these clinics and stuff, she came out there and she said, don't you want to go in and sit down? She said, because if it was me, my legs would give way and I'd pass out. And then the young man that walked through the, through the parking deck to turn in the police report for us, he went into the building, came out with arm full of bottled water. Bottle water to minister to us minister while we're standing there in the burning sun waiting for the police to come. When the police came, she was mad because he, he gave the report so calmly. She said, I didn't know that 
it was it was this bad and it was this severe but everybody was loving everybody was compassionate everybody was caring everybody was and then the, the clinic man I was going to the this clinic and the clinic manager came out and then she stood with us the whole time, the whole time. The whole time. we're talking about hours she said, well, we, we got there like a little bit after 8. 11 o'clock, we still outside. And she came out and stood with us the whole time. And then when we were standing there, we were talking. And, and she heard, uh, Pastor was on the phone, um, and she heard him talking. I don't know who he was talking to. And uh, he said something about, uh, you know, something about being a pastor. And she said, you're a pastor? And he said, yes. And she said, my father was a pastor. The Lord will set it up like that. He will set up. And she said, and she said uh, for as bad as it is, it could have been worse because if your car would have been going in forward motion, you would have been in the front and your face would have slammed into the side of that truck. We could have been decapitated. Because that was the day the devil decided he was going to kill us. He's going to take both of us out at the same time. So there would be no equal summer church. So the fullness of the vision would not come to pass. The devil is a liar. And as soon as the car jumped that, that concrete wall and went up the hill until it backed into the truck, I spoke one word only over and over and over. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus. In my mind, my mind is saying, where is the car going to, what's going to stop the car because it's going backwards and we can't stop it? Can't stop Jesus, it. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Now, why are we telling you this? Because you will have tests and trials too. This is the victory life. This is why we teach the victory life. We had nothing we, there was nothing to depend on but our faith. There was nothing to depend on but, but Jesus. There was nothing to depend on but faith and our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. There was nothing to depend on but his word. Nothing to depend on but confidence in his love, his willingness, and his ability to do what needed to be done because we could do nothing of ourselves. And we teach it to you because we want you to know this is the victory. It belongs to you. If it's on the pastor, it's on the sheep. But if you don't receive it and believe it, in this life you will have trials and tribulations. And you got to know how to know, trust God in the midst of it. Because if God be for you, who can be against you? We're standing here as a sign and a wonder and a miracle. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Now, you know, when you have moments like that, the enemy wants to keep giving the flashback and seeding over and over and over again. No, no, no. That has to be cast down. So I'm not going home and looking at the, oh, let me see, no. no. I'm not looking, pictures, no, no, no. Um, just as soon as I can, I'm gonna erase them pictures. Hey. Amen. 
I don't need that to remember. I know that God has done that. Some of y'all got some pictures you need to get rid of because they do nothing but harass you. No, no, no. I think on good things. Say, God, I thank you for the victory. Then tell them what happened because at, at the end, you went there for your appointment. Right. So after the, 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 they can't, I know we're going long, but it's long today, all right? So get over it. If you got to leave, we understand that's fine. But the Lord is speaking something to this house today, and, and the fullness of it is coming out. Amen. And so after they came and, and pulled the car out from under the truck and they tested the truck and the truck was okay and they hauled the car away, then the, the clinic manager said, uh, well, you can still come in even though it's not your appointment time and uh, we'll fit you in and blah, blah, all this. So we go to the clinic and, and uh, we're sitting there waiting and these people start coming in. And I'm sitting there waiting. They come in, they go, they go to their appointment, they walk out, and they're gone. That happened like five times. Five times. I'm sitting there, I'm like, what is going on up in here? They know we're here. They know we're here. We've been here before they ever got here. We've been here since 8 o'clock this morning. Why don't they take me now? They know what we done been through. We almost died out there in the parking lot. So... Pastor said, well, maybe they're, may, and, and so Tracy came, Deaconess Tracy came uh, to be with us, and, and, and uh, they, they said, well, maybe uh, uh, they're, you know, they're just waiting, maybe, you know, delaying on purpose. I said, purpose or no purpose, somebody's going to tell me something. So, so I just go, go, I get up, and I'm marching up there, look at here. <laughs> and I'm saying, and so I'm standing, so then I got to stand in line, somebody's ahead of me, thank God, somebody's in line ahead of me. Because I was fixing to say what's going on. While I'm standing there waiting, the nurse comes out, and she calls my name. And then Pastor gets that look on his face like, I told you. And so then they t they, I go back, and the first thing they want to do is take my blood pressure. Blood pressure. So I said to the nurse, I said, oh, you might not want to take my blood pressure. Because uh, it might not read. Just right. Um, and she said, it's okay. I know. She said, we just let you sit on purpose. On purpose so you could cool down and calm down so that we would have an accurate assessment of your blood pressure so that we could tell you whether you can stay here for your appointment or we got to put you in an ambulance and take you to the hospital. So then they took my blood pressure, and my blood pressure was 107, no, 104 over 70. Do you know how normal that is? No sign. No sign of being. A I didn't look like what I've been through. And so after that, they didn't, they didn't tell me, they didn't tell us to go to the emergency room. They didn't so go to the hospital. They didn't say go over yonder to get checked. They didn't say nothing. They're just like free to go. Free to go. They gave me a shot. That's what I was there for in the first place. And then they was like, you're free to go. Free to go. 
I'm like, we're like Jesus now. Feel me, handle me, touch me, see. There's no hurt. There's no harm. Only God. It's the victory lifestyle. It's the victory lifestyle. It does work. And we're going to preach it till Jesus comes. To anybody and everybody who will receive it. Amen. And because we walk through this, um, I declare and decree that there's a shift in our house. In this house. In this church. Number one, a willingness to serve in Eagle Summit. A willingness to take ownership and partnership here in Eagle Summit is released now. Can I get an amen? amen? Secondly, a willingness to bring others to each service. You know somebody that needs the, the victory life. Third, a willingness to give your tithes and offerings regardless of the tests and trials you walk through. Wait a minute, oh, we lost our car. I said my car. And I said my car, it gone. But I paid my tithes, I gave my offerings, but Pat, I said I paid my tithes, I paid my offerings, willingly, because it opens the windows of heaven, and there's a blessing that's poured out, huh? It's coming, today. Fourth, a willingness not to forsake the gathering together, with your brothers and sisters here at Eagle Summit each time we have service. Don't, don't, don't stay away just because it's hard. You need to be connected with other believers when you're going through and when you don't know you're going through. You don't know who's been praying for you when you don't even know you need some prayer. But the prayers of the righteous avail much. A shift. And then fifth, here's a big one. Stop judging my performance as if I don't have any real life tests like Jesus had in the flesh and not judging your own performance as if you're perfect. Ain't nobody in here perfect. Ain't nobody here perfect. Hallelujah. I'm not in this job trying to get some money. I'm, hey, the Lord snatched me and called me and my assignment is to pre pre stay in the word bring uncommon revelation and move that causes women maybe but in the compassion of god that causes people to make the right changes but sometimes it takes people a long time to change some people have a high pain tolerance and they, they can they, wait a minute but still god wants them to change and god is able to do just that and then finally six Binding the spirit of lethargy and judgment. Ain't nobody want to be judging me all the time and judging you all the time. No, 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 no. And lethargy, meaning there's something in you that God put in you that somebody else needs. Look at your neighbor say, neighbor. You, you are va 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 valuable. 
You have something in you that somebody else needs. Stop being lazy. Serve the Lord with gladness. Hallelujah. Amen, 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 amen. And let me, I'm going to say this and then we're going to have communion, but I got to say this. Just because we have a, a, per, a church has a building and just because it has thousands of people doesn't make them better than us. Come on. It ain't about the building. It ain't. A, no, no, no. But how are they developing their people? How are we developing you? We're talking about we're laying our lives down so that you can be. And you don't know the hell our daughters have gone through being PKs. Or you Pastor Lily's daughter. You, yeah, 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 yeah. Getting attacked for just being saved. But guess what? They're walking in victory. I tell you, there's victory all over us. Amen. And what I'm, I want, as I begin to close, is this. The same protection and the same anointing that we experience is on you. So whatever test you have to walk through, if you choose to receive the impartation, the blessing will be on you. Amen. It's a choice. It's a choice. It's a choice. Lord, uh, you bless pastor. I'm his sheep. Now bless me. And God will do the same. Yes, he will. I did not expect to be going in, in, in a situation where my car tore up from the floor. Out of control. I'm talking about Zoom. So now I got to practice not hearing Zoom and getting upset. Because that's the, you know, okay, mm-hmm. Or getting in the car said, oh, is this car going to do the same thing? Oh, no, 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 no. I got to cast that down. I got to resist that and be able to be at peace. And no God, no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Not one, not one, not one, not one, not one. So close your eyes for a minute and declare this with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we receive this fresh anointing of victory. We renounce the works of the past that had no victory. We declare and decree as Eagle Summit that we soar in our purpose and serve with love. We've come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Thank you. Thank you for blessing our pastors. Thank you that they're alive. They're not dead. They're not hurt. Thank you that you're going to do the same for me, for us, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Come on, put your hands together for the Lord.